When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. going on player profiler nation it is episode 13 of the trade gods i am joined by my co-host my feather my fellow trade god brethren jason Owen. what up jay nothing too much you know it's it's thursday night so i'm 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 ready to talk about some trades man i'm ready yeah, Thursday night, we're in our comfy seats. You are still bunkered down in the Roger Goodell basement. You know, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. He's gonna probably going to go down to the Pro Bowl this weekend, yep. heading out to the Super Bowl next week. Yep. So I think you got some time to really kind of hunker down and stay real, real comfy down in his nice leather seat. So I'm glad yep. you are still there. It's Everybody. Nice. It's nice. It's very, very nice. It's very football aesthetically pleasing, which obviously as a couple of podcast hosts, we really, really love, uh, you know, all that good stuff. But speaking of stuff that we love, we have an absolutely banger of an episode lined up for you faithful listeners here tonight. We are breaking down trades involving players that partook in the conference championship game. So without further ado, Let's start talking about some trades. So if you're new to the show, first of all, welcome. What took you so long to find us? But we are absolutely glad that you did. Tonight, we are starting our show off with a little WTF. No, we're not talking about the slang WTF. We're talking about which trade is fair. We have four trades involving players that played in the conference championship game, and we are going to analyze each and every one of them, and then we are going to give our opinion on which trade is the most fair. Are you ready to dive right on in, Jason? We got some opening thoughts for the uh, faithful listeners. Oh, this is, might be the best which trades fair segment we've had. It's There's some good trades like that. Oh, yeah. We got four of them, and each and every one of them, I'm going to spoil them. They're all pretty, pretty, pretty fair, but mm-hmm. that is not the job. It's not about deciding whether they're fair or not. It's about deciding which trade is the most fair. Which trade's fair? WTF. Let's get a cracking. Which trade's fair? So we, the first trade on the docket tonight, Team A is acquiring A.J. Brown, and trading away Cam Akers, Rashad Bateman, Cole Komet, and a 2023 second-round pick. Woof. It's a hefty yeah. little package there for A.J. Brown. What are your first thoughts when you see this trade? I just think this is I mean, this is a fun one to analyze. You look mm-hmm. at it, and it's like, obviously, one team's getting A.J. Brown, the stud receiver, yep. coming off, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the best season of his career. Uh now going to the Super Bowl, potentially chance to climb up even more in the rankings and everything, depending on how he does. I mean, buying into the hype, mm-hmm. looking forward. I mean, he's still young, all of that stuff. And 
all of the all great signs point to AJ Brown, but same on the other side. What I like about this is that it's buying low on a lot of players that we here at Player Profiler like. It's Cam Akers is low in his market. Rashad mm-hmm. Bateman is low in his market. Cole Komet, medium in his market. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a little second thrown on top. And I, th- I think all three of those players have plenty of room to grow, plenty of ceiling to hit if they ever do it. Uh, so, I, geez, I, I, I think... If I'm a dynasty manager, I might want Team B just because I think those are some great foundational pieces, but you can't put a price tag on a superstar. Right. And that's the thing here. This is one of those trades that's obviously very, very fair. It makes sense for both parties. Mm -hmm. If you're winning now and maybe you have some surplus of assets, you're kind of dumping them all, kind of consolidating those extra assets and and cashing in on a superstar like A.J. Brown. Uh, You mentioned how good of a season he had. Well, you know what? You might have understated it. It was absolutely a dynamite season. He was second in yards per route run at 3.01. He was 17 yards per reception. That was fifth in the league. And 10.2 yards per target that was fourth in the league there are a number of underlying metrics that really suggest that it was one of his best seasons that he's ever had you could argue his 2020 season may have been better on a points per game basis but he played three less games in 2020 Mm -hmm. than he did in 2022 and i think that means something we always preach health here on trade god so i think that is something that you know we are excited to see aj brown complete a full season play all 17 games and have almost 1500 receiving yards he's in an optimal offense so this is an absolute win-win for both sides uh let me ask you this though the, the cam Akers part of this trade mm-hmm. maybe a month or so i think maybe that's fair to say before the end of the season this would have been a sunk asset in this right. deal but that last bit resurgence, though, that three touchdown game, and the you know the, what followed up from there, did that really kind of push his value up enough that really balanced out these scales? Or even if he was still down on his luck, is this still a fair trade? Because what could be what his potential always represented? I mean, I think if he hadn't had that good of a year, he probably could have got that second turned into a first um, or good end. Yeah, good end to the year. Uh, <sighs> But like, I mean, I think I even, he was my buy candidate after his like 38 point week. Yep. Um, like I felt like, yeah, I felt like owners would find owners that had been held, holding him were finally like able to sell. Like they, they felt like they were selling high that they had held to the right point and they were finally ready to sell. And I, and I was buying in those waters. I'm still buying this off season. I like Cam Akers. I think Sean McVay staying helps a ton. And I yeah. mean, if, if they bring back Stafford and he's healthy, uh, helps i mean but i mean he was producing with baker mayfield mm-hmm. cooper cup obviously opens up the offense better uh so i mean i, I like Cam Akers a lot i think the one that i think the biggest question mark in this trade is rashad bateman obviously yes. we know he has a great ceiling but we don't know what the ravens are going to do at receiver and he's still going to be at the very least uh a 1b or at the very most even 1b to mark andrews so right yeah. for me i think that's really uh the balance here. That's what's going to tip the scale one way or another. Um, if you're a firm believer in Rashad Bateman and his health going forward and the Ravens offense getting it together with a new offensive coordinator that will be in town in 2023, then this, I think, balances the scale a little bit in favor of Team B. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not a believer in Rashad Bateman, and I'm kind of on the fence uh, with Bateman. Yeah. I love the talent in Madden. If you could shut off the injuries, I'm all about him. But he's been hurt now two years going. And at the end of the day, he did have that massive game against the uh, Dolphins. 
which kind of tipped the, the his numbers up a bit. It kind of ticked everything up just enough to make it so, ooh, is he really someone I should buy into or not? I'm going to side with slightly still believe. Uh, I'm kind of still skeptical, like I mentioned. The Cole Komet end of it, I'm just, I don't know if I really am in the Cole Komet believer camp. Yeah, he was a decent season. He had some big weeks. But tight end, to me, to really get over the top to clear those hurdles, you need to be consistent, and he really wasn't consistent to the end you know even at the end of the year where he picked things up he still had some really you know low scoring games 6.5 points in week 15 7.7 points in mm-hmm. week 16 so yeah there was some better performances but it wasn't enough for me to be like yeah this is a slam dunk get Colcom at let's do it now maybe if you were buying low on him I would speak a different tune sing a different tune if you will but this is definitely a fair trade but I'm I'm siding with AJ Brown I think getting Brown is a beast move now if you had to pick one or the other, which side are you taking, A or B? It's tough. It is tough. It's a tough decision to make here. Do you want the superstar or do you want the package, which is the age-old tale? That is the constant, constant through line in all dynasty trades, whether you're contending or pretending or rebuilding. There's a lot of different aspects that go into this, but me personally, I am going to side with the A.J. Brown end of this trade, so I'm going to take A.J. Brown, baby. Plus, I believe in the offense. Don't blame me. How can you not believe in the offense? So you got to do that. Uh, So let's go on to the second trade. Trade number two consists of a one-for-one. Sometimes those are the most fun to break down, but other times they can be be razor thin. In this trade, Team A is acquiring Debo Samuel, the ultimate Swiss Army knife in the NFL, and Mm -hmm. trading away Ramondre Stevenson. Jay, how do you feel about this trade? I hate having to analyze it. I'll start with that. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I like Devo Samuel. Um, and one of the, one thing I think I'm going to try to lean into a bit more is buying injury prone players. So I'm high on that personally and just wanting to get Devo Samuel. I think he's at a great point in the market. Uh, however, that's not great process. And considering everything right now, I think, I think you've got to lean the Ramondre side, uh, because I, I mean, the only tick against Ramondre is that he's a Patriots running back. And I mean, you can't like, that's not. I mean, it's like a, a point, but it's not necessarily the best point, and it can't be deflating his value that much. I mean, he he's coming off a great season. And uh, Debo Samuel, crowded 49ers receiving room, uh, injury concerns, but, you know, obviously I think would have the higher ceiling. I, I think we've seen Ramondre's ceiling, and we've seen Debo's ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I mean, when Debo's at his peak, I mean, he's the best football player on the field. So, I mean, that's just fun to own. But still, I think... In terms of fantasy analysis, you've probably got to lean the Ramondre side. <laughs> hey, so for before I break into this trade, I just want to say what's up to Robert and uh, the Harry Snowman in the chat. What's going on, fellas? Thank you for tuning mm-hmm. in. Uh, in this trade, I've been saying in the past episodes to sell Debo Samuel, so I do believe that's still good process. Yeah. However, if I'm tasked with debating whether it's Debo or it's Ramondre, I think... I think I'm siding with Debo Samuel. Here's why. Ramondre was truly propped up on something we don't see a whole lot in the Patriots offense, and that is dump-off passes. He was fourth in the league with 69 nice receiving receptions, and he had a 17.3% target share. That was fourth 
highest amongst qualified running backs. I don't see that being something that sticks. Um, and to that point, there were there was a report that surfaced. Uh, Bill Belichick and some of his coaches are over at the East-West Shrine Bowl, and they are uh, coaching alongside the Atlanta Falcons guys, and they made an agreement uh, between the two staffs, and they said, hey, we, the New England Patriots, would like to coach the satellite backs, the more yep. pass-catching, skilled running backs. You, the Atlanta Falcons, you guys can take the big bruisers, and they said, deal, we would love to do that. Makes sense. Arthur Smith loves him some big boys. Let's go. Arthur Smith Smith love him some big boys. (laughs) So if that's where the New England Patriots coaching staff is, where they're looking to bring in someone to be more of that pass-catching guy. I mean, Matt Patricia was so heavy on the screen passes and the dump-offs, so much so that Mac Jones like almost literally cried about it in multiple games. I don't think that's going to stick. And when I look on his uh, Ramondre Stevenson's efficiency metrics, 4.6 true yards per carry and mm-hmm. 5.2 yards per touch, both of those metrics are outside the top 15 amongst running backs. So I don't think in his production is sticky. I think what he benefited from was massive, massive, massive volume, especially yeah. – in the past game. So if I'm cho- if I have to pick between one of these two players, I'm going to go with Debo. Uh, but if I were to acquire Debo for Ramondre, then I'm going to go ahead and try to flip him because I still believe uh, you want to sell Debo Samuel. But I'm taking him over Ramondre. But again, it's pretty fair. It is a absolutely fair trade. What do you say we move on to the third trade, my man? We can, but first I just want to commend you for bringing up the Shrine Bowl point. That's just that's why you yep. come to play a profiler. That's why you, you come to the stuff. best. We are the best in the business for a reason. Cody and Maddie are down in Mobile, Alabama, scouting the senior bowl practices, getting us ready. We got boots on the ground. Player profile is where you need to be locked in mm-hmm. to win in fantasy, whether it be dynasty, best ball, or seasonal. It don't matter. We got you mm-hmm. covered. So let's move on to the third trade that we'll be breaking down tonight. And this, by the way, is I don't know if it's my favorite trade or my least favorite trade, but sometimes love and hate are next door neighbors. And let me break. Let me just show it what it is here. And then we'll we'll dive into why third yeah. trade. We'll break it down tonight. Team A is acquiring one of my personal favorites, Stefan Diggs, a 2023 first second and third so basically this team is acquiring in you know a top five receiver in in fantasy and someone's whole rookie draft for jamar chase i don't know what to do so jason please start us off so maybe you can help me make sense of where i should go with this trade you know i love me some jamar chase who don't who don't love love themselves some jamar chase it's true. And uh, I think as a Jamar Chase owner, I'm not accepting this offer. However, I mean, I feel like this is what it takes. You know, I just, I, mm-hmm. it can't be understated how much I love Jamar Chase. So that's where I'm at with it. Getting a first, a second, a third, and Stefan Diggs, I think it's a fantastic start. Say that one is a 101, smashing the accept. Say it's a 102, probably accepting. Uh, it, it, I think to me, it does depend where that first round pick is. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm just, when I think about Jamar Chase, I, I, I legitimately think about like Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, like 
people who will have long sustained careers. And it's not just because he's a great athlete, but because he's also attached to Joe Burrow and just mm-hmm. the best offense. And they'll long go away from T Higgins before they go away from Jamar Chase. Oh, so, no doubt. That, so I just, that's the player I want. Like I, I would, I, I love Jamar Chase and dynasty, like a ridiculous amount. So th- that's where my head's at, but I do like the offer. Okay. So let's play a little game here. Okay. Let's just put some context that we don't have. Let's project our own uh, thoughts here and, and try to build some extra context around this trade because it, I think it is very, very close. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming here that the team that is acquiring Chase, uh, the fact that they're willing to send away basically their entire rookie draft suggests to me it's probably 107 or later. So what is the latest pick? in the first round that would get you to start swaying this? Is it the 102? Or are you still like, mm, you know, I might be into it if it's the 105, 106? That, I think it depends on draft day for me. Uh, yeah, see it play out. Cop-out answer. That's a cop-out answer for sure. For sure. For I sure. think right now, right now, it would have to be the 102 because I want to be guaranteed a guy. And there's mm-hmm. two players I for sure want right now, and I don't even care if it's early to say that I want Jackson Smith and Jigba at number two. Uh, like, <laughs> I mean, that's just where my head's at right now. Yeah, I love me some so, Jason as well. I love him, and I just want him, and I don't really care. Like, I, I think he's going to hit no matter where he goes, and so I just I don't think it really matters getting cute and waiting when you can mm. realistically get him. Just get your guys. So so I would want the one or the one or two because obviously Bashan's awesome and then yeah. I, I really like JSN. So. I mean if this is the one oh one, this is a smash accept. Yes, yeah, because in twenty twenty three you can't guarantee to anybody that Jamar Chase is head and shoulders above Stefan Diggs. So if you add a player like Bijan Robinson to Stefan Diggs, I mean this is a smash accept. I'm thinking it's in the middle to late part of each round. Um given that the fact that they're so willing to give up all three picks probably all three of their picks you know there's not many rookie drafts that are just rookies that go beyond the third round so this Mm -hmm. seems like a a full unload but you know i gotta be honest here i'm not gonna i'm not gonna leave you out there on the ledge by yourself my friend uh we're trade gods we're brothers here in the podcasting game so i'm not gonna leave you out there to take all the bullets yourself because tonight we are a couple of one two cop-out boys because I was going to say, if it's one QB, I'm way less likely to take a middle to end of the round first. Yep. If it's super flex, I'm a little bit more likely to accept this trade if it is 106, 107. Because now we're talking about those quarterbacks either being there for me to select or they push back You know the Jamar, the, the Jamar Gibbs, JSN, Jordan Addison, who's someone I absolutely have loved so far in the, the offseason process. Yep. So th- we are both kind of copping out here where we need to see exactly what this is before we could say with any kind of certainty which side we would take. But I think as the line in the sand is drawn, you might be more part B, team B. I think I'm a little bit more team A because you know I love me some Stefan Diggs. But is it the most fair trade? Well, you have to stick around to find out here. Let's jump in to the fourth and final trade. And this one is a fun one because it consists of two players whose stock has shot up through the roof and fallen through the floor and come back up and fallen back down. So let's dive right into it. <laughs> Team A is acquiring the Joker, Kadarius Tony, and trading away Mega- <laughs> faux Megatron, fake Megatron, Fegatron, if you will, Chase Claypool in a 2023 third round pick so initial thoughts on this two for one trade i hate that i have a Kadarius tony bias um just 
Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I don't know. I feel like they're the same kind of player in terms of you're really just projecting your faith onto their right. profile. And right. we're kind of on the same team here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you're looking at two players for all intents and purposes have failed in the grand scheme of things. Right. But but still have shown so much potential. And they're so young. Much potential. And they're young and still have plenty of time. And I mean, <clears throat> Chase Claypool and Kadarius Tony. Now new offenses, and I just—I mean, I just love watching Kadarius Tony play football. However, what I love about the way he plays football is what gets him hurt. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I think I, getting the third on top of Chase Claypool, uh, I, I feel like is what sets it over the top in terms of winning the trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I—I I, I think that that's a low price to pay for what the ceiling could be for Tony. It's just you know, I mean, at this point, he's probably not really going to hit that ceiling. But but the one or two games he does will be kind of cool. <laughs> so as this trade, if we kind of want to boil it down, right, to yeah. the studs, kind of just see what it's all about. Yeah. It the third round, you can kind of throw out the window. It's mm-hmm. not really going to hold a bunch of weight. If you're a fan of Chase Claypool, sure, you'll take a round three. And if you're a fan of Chase Claypool, you will absolutely add that round three to a Chase Claypool to acquire Kadarius Tony. Where it comes down to me is just give me the guy in the Chiefs offense. Fair. They the way that Andy Reid has utilized him, you know, his opportunities haven't been all that high. He's not necessarily getting the ball in uh, a ton. You know, he's not getting a lot of volume, but. The way he's getting the ball is creative, and they're giving him the rock in very opportunistic moments. You know that you know they're, they're willing to do an end around or a pitch pass or something to get him in space closer to the goal line, so he gets those touchdowns. And you know, to his credit, he is kind of producing. And if you could tell me that I have potentially, and I know this might sound crazy, but the wide receiver one going into twenty twenty three for Pat Mahomes, hundred percent. I'm going to take that chance. Now, I do believe they either draft a receiver or bring somebody in because, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be the bell of the ball in this class. And for him to stick around in Kansas City, I think he would have to take another team-friendly deal like he did this past year. And I think it's time for Juju to cash in if that is available to him. So I think he goes. So I'm going to side with Kadarius Toney. And also, Chase Claypool just really didn't make a case for himself even after the trade. He was dealt to the Bears in which for the majority of the season, he was their best pass catcher. And he didn't even post a single game with double digits. So I'm not really buying into it. Yeah, do I love the athleticism? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't want someone who's 6'4", 240 pounds, and runs a 4'240"? Yes, please. Brandon Marshall, his best comparable player? Double yes, please. But still, give me the guy in the Patrick Mahone offense, give me the guy who's going to be playing alongside Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and is going to have Andy Reid kind of the mastermind behind the offense. So uh, I'm going to go with Kadarius Tony here. So the four trades, let's go ahead and recap real quick, just in case you're just tuning in. Trade number one, A.J. Brown was acquired for Cam Akers, Rashad Bateman, Cole Komet, and a 2023 second. Ooh, still like that's a pretty good package. And trade number two was a one-for-one swapperoonie where Team A was getting Debo Samuel, Team B was getting Ramondre Stevenson. Trade number three, Team A was getting my boy Stefan Diggs, a round one, a round two, and a round three in the 2023 rookie draft. And they were giving away 
probably the second most valuable asset in Dynasty in Jamar Chase. Trade number four, Kadarius Tony was acquired for Chase Claypool in a 2023 third. So, which trade is fair, Jason? WTF, my brother. And I'm going to go to the one that's actually the number one best player in Dynasty fantasy football. And uh, trade three. I wish I had the uh, the the sounder for that one. Okay, so let, sidebar before you pick before you dive into why trade three is your most fair to you. Yeah, you're taking Chase over Jefferson, eh? Yeah, like I, like I said, I really like Jamar Chase. I could see that. That's a spice to me the ball. So okay, that's fair. Fair enough. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to argue. Listen, you're going to come bust down my door and make me pick one of the other. I'm taking Jefferson, but if you're telling me I have to be on Team Chase, oh, you got me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be, oh, I'm not really going to kick and fight and scream about that because Jamar Chase is an absolute stud in fantasy football and in regular football. So we like those guys on our fantasy teams. I am going to say that team, or I should say trade number two, is the most fair because I think you could make the argument that what Ramondre Stevenson did in 2022 is sustainable. Um, if they don't bring in another running back, which I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that they won't. I mean, they took two in last year's draft. Pierre Strong looked good. Kevin Harris was okay in that game in Arizona. So I don't think that they're going to be super urgent to uh, take somebody there. So uh, yeah. that's what I'm going to go with. What else you got here? What are you thinking? You're just to you. You know, should the Patriots just only draft wide receivers this year and just like hope and pray one of them hits? Just, just uh, as a lifelong Patriots fan and uh, having to witness Nikhil Harry and Chad Jackson, no, buy them. Keep keep Jacoby Myers. Spend the money on him and buy some because Billy B cannot draft a receiver to save his life. And then he brings in Bill O'Brien, who's probably one of the other worst uh, general managers in terms of per, play per, guys on the field, personnel coaches yeah. handling that type of thing. So, no, I'm not going to do that. So I got trade number two on which trade's fair. So to settle the debate, what we like to do here on this show is use those fantastic tools offered on playerprofiler.com. We use the trade finder to find these trades, and we use the trade analyzer to see which trade is most fair. So according to the trade analyzer on playerprofiler.com, trade number one gives the advantage to the package, the three players in the pick, by almost 53 lifetime value points. Trade number two, they give the advantage to Ramondre Stevenson over Debo Samuel, but it's close at 15.2 lifetime value points. Trade number three, they give the edge to Jamar Chase by just about 20 lifetime value points, which it's really close because both of these uh, sides have a lot of value in the deal. So that's really, really close. And trade number four gives the edge actually to the Chase Claypool side, which is surprising to me, uh, but it's slightly at 21.3 lifetime points. But that one actually might only, it might not sound like a lot, but when both sides are really just kind of hovering around 40 and 60 lifetime value points, 20.3, 21.3 is quite a bit. So uh, the trade analyzer says that trade number two is the most fair, which means I am the winner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Goodell is booing you, boy. Hey, that's fine. But I think tonight's exercises were a lot of fun because a lot, all four trades were very fair. 
very realistic. And yep. if you roster, you know, any of these players or uh, have a surplus of assets and you're looking to kind of consolidate and grab a superstar, I think it, using these four trades that we found on the trade finder on playerprofiler.com is a great base. It's a great barometer of value in the market and where you can start in your leagues. Obviously, your league's going to be a little bit different than someone else's, so this might not be an apples to apples, but it's certainly not apples to elephants. It's really, really close, and you can use it to your advantage to try to win in fantasy so that is the wtf segment which trades fair now before we get into our buy and sell candidates i need to talk to all of you listening about rival fantasy are you tired of having to play fantasy sports across multiple platforms well now you can play fantasy sports the way you want all in one place with rivalfantasy.com RivalFantasy.com is the only fantasy sports play platform with three unique game styles. Challenges, the Fantasy Book, and Fantasy Bingo. Plus, they will be adding some season-long fantasy next year. Now, you might be asking yourself, Fantasy Bingo? What on God's green earth, Kiwoom, are you talking about? Well, I would just like to talk to you about that bingo because it's really, really fun. It's a great feature that's unique to Rival Fantasy, and I highly suggest that you try it out. You select a starting lineup, and that will unlock fantasy achievements. And if you fill five squares in a row or all four corners, don't you forget about them corners, Jason. Don't forget about the corners. If you fill all four corners, you will win it is a fantasy football twist on a classic game that everyone can enjoy and if you want a special offer guess what player profilers gotcha because we do have a very special offer for each and every one of you listening sign up at rivalfantasy.com use the promo code player p-l-a-y-e-r to activate your 100 percent not 95%, not 50%, your 100% first play insurance, which means you will play worry-free. That's RivalFantasy.com for 100% loss protection, up to $50 on your first deposit. Just use that promo code PLAYER, okay? So fantasy sports are more fun with Rival. So, Jason, we will be playing some bingo here. Yeah. In the next season, eh, probably not with the Super Bowl because we all like to eat and drink and have some fun football with the Super Bowl. It is what it is. <laughs> so let's yeah, dive right you. on in to our buy and our sell candidates, baby. It's time to buy and sell. So, <laughs> very, very, very good. There. Just give me goosebumps. So, <laughs> our buy candidates here are Tyler Boyd and Someone we just talked about briefly, the Joker, Kadarius. Jason, the floor is yours. Why should each of our listeners go out right now and buy themselves some Kadarius Tony? I'm going to keep this short, sweet, and simple. He's cheap and has high upside. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm beating a horse at this, a dead horse at this point. Everyone knows what Kadarius Tony can be and has seen the highlight reel he is. I think. You know, obviously his main concern is health. Mm -hmm. It seems that, you know, he probably won't even ever be healthy. But still, like you said earlier, the Chiefs offense, that's nice to be attached to for even eight games. For even eight games. So I, I'm buying Kadarius Tony everywhere because he's cheap and has high upside. That's pretty good. 
can't really argue with that. Um, he is yeah. cheap, and every time his value starts to get some some true meat to it, when it starts to go up, and you're like, is it going to sustain there? Is it going to stay there? Yeah. He gets hurt again, plummets right back down, and now he's coming off another injury. Um, you know, yeah. practices right now obviously are tough to predict because it's so far out from the Super Bowl. He didn't practice though to start the week, um, so that that injury does allow for a buy window. So that price is going to come down, and I think you are on to something there, getting to Kadarius Tony. Sometimes I kind of wish we disagree on players, but, you know, we're trade gods for a reason. We are all kind of on the same page here, and I am, I'm looking to buy me some Kadarius Tony. I did try to buy in one of my leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy was – he was very sharp. I'll give, him yeah. very, I'll give him a lot of credit here because I was looking to swoop in and get him at a value, and he was like, nah, 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 baba. You ain't getting him at a value. You're going to have to pay up. So we didn't end up making a trade. But I'm going to keep trying because your boy is persistent. So the theme for me tonight is winning on the margins. I'm not really bringing up any studs here for buying or selling. My guy to buy is Tyler Boyd. Uh why buy Tyler Boyd? He's really nothing special. Yeah, but these are the type of guys that you want in your bench because he's a great bye week fill-in. He's a great injury fill-in. And he's on an offense that he's, you know, he might not be the number one option. He's not the number two option. But he's with Joe Burrow. And over the last three seasons, actually over the last five seasons, he's averaged double-digit points on the season. This past year was his worst in the last five, but still 10.3 fantasy points per season. And if you were just lucky enough to need him on a few weeks, he has a 29.5-point week, a 20.5-point week, a 14.5-point week. So there are some spike weeks from Tyler yeah. Boyd. There are consistent rumors swirling that T. Higgins may be a trade candidate as they're approaching you know, paydays for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They can't pay all three of them, so maybe T. Higgins is the odd man out. And if that is the case, they'll probably bring in a cheaper option to play the outside, to play in the boundary, which helps Tyler Boyd. And Tyler Boyd does have some underlying metrics that are worth getting excited about. About he had a 10.7 production premium that was seventh amongst qualified wide receivers and 2.11 fantasy points per target. So the targets aren't necessarily there because he's sharing a field with two absolute beasts. But if those targets that that target share goes up from what he saw uh, this past year, which was 13.9, let's say that goes closer to 20 at 16%, maybe even 17%. I think that he can absolutely cash in on a good season, get back to the 12.8 you know, 12, 13 points a game type of receiver. He's reliable. And in the the, the the championship game, he did get hurt, so he left early, but he had two catches for 40 yards. So he he's someone who can kind of strike quick. He's someone who could be a, a volume play, who can get a lot of catches, a lot of targets. So even though the, he's getting a little older, he's going to be 29 during next season, I do think that Tyler Boyd's someone you could buy. You can buy him cheaply, and he is someone that can absolutely help you win on the margins. Anything you want to add to Tyler Boyd before we move on to the old sell candidates? No, no, I just I like the overarching theme, You know, just getting some players that or maybe just medium priced that are on good offenses, mm-hmm. you know, can just can can uh, support you in a pinch. So yeah, support- I, like Ooh, I like the way you said that. Support you in a pinch, and sometimes this part of the season, guys fall asleep. You know, it's been a long season. We've been grinding for a few months. They see the championship game end, and they're like. <laughs> Hit the snooze button. I'll see you in March. I'll see you in July. Maybe even some of them say, I'll see you in the preseason. Yeah. This is a chance to kind of 
you know, kind of just sneak up and just kind of scoop up somebody that might not have a tremendous value. The, your league mates aren't going to see their feed and go, well, Tyler Boyd was traded. Oh, things again, hot. No, no, they're going to see him. Like, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Stop it. Just give it a break. No, but a guy like Tyler Boyd's absolutely someone I want on my team because he yeah. can help you win uh, when you need him, like you said. So let's go over to our sell candidates. Jason is selling Joe Mixon. Reports came out tonight on Thursday that might make him even more of a sell candidate than even Jason thought. And I am selling Kenny Gainwell. But, Jason, tell the fine folks listening why they should be selling Joe Mixon other than what we found out tonight. Yeah, so I mean, full disclosure, I was selling Joe Mixon on Monday when we when we started making this show sheet. I can attest to that. <laughs> so, I can back him up. So I mean, uh, I, I mean, I could see why he's more of a sell now. I almost view him kind of as a hold. I mean, because his don't value think prop be... potentially cratered a little bit. So yeah, like I you're didn't... not necessarily selling at a high point here. Yeah, <laughs> you're I don't even it. know what you're gonna get, but I mean, so. Here's what I was thinking beforehand, and I think that that kind of might even add now that this uh, aggravated menacing uh, has been charged against him yeah, or brought yep. against him. Um, so I, I do some live streams on the Instagram with mm-hmm. Aaron, the salary captain, Stuart, my man over there. And we were just kind of fooling around, talking. And uh, we think we think that the ba- we thought that the Bengals might be drafting a wide receiver. Uh, sorry, drafting a running back. Mm-hmm. Um and that, that was kind of what I was thinking than <laughs> this is I, I, I look at that number 28 pick and knowing the Bengals organization and just how they value talent over mm-hmm. roster needs shown by drafting Jamar Chase at number five. Uh, so I, I just thought that they might bring in a, a running mm-hmm. back that, you know, falls to the back of the first round. And then that would kind of push Joe Mixon out who, yeah, has two more years on his contract, but they just only used him 33% in the biggest game of the year. Uh, use Samaje Pirine more than 60%. And yes, Pirine's contract is expiring, but he's the exact kind of guy mm-hmm. that teams re-sign because he's not, I mean, he's not going to demand any market, uh, any right. money on the open market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to take a hometown discount just to stay there. He's just like, yeah, I don't want to move. <laughs> I'll just take the minimum for, for my age, my, my veteran status, and I'll, I'll play a couple more years for you guys. And that's what I imagine will happen. Um, so, I mean, I was selling Joe Mixon. And uh, with this, with this, I think the Bengals probably definitely look at, look elsewhere to bring someone in just to hedge, just in case he gets suspended. I mean, this is just speculation here, but mm-hmm. the NFL probably doesn't really do anything. Um, I, I feel like they let people for this kind of stuff coast by maybe a couple games of anything. But, I mean, we're still out there waiting on Alvin Kamara's suspension. Right. Um, so, I... I don't. I don't think it should necessarily push you one way or the other. I think you should kind of take the wait and see approach with that. But I mean, I, I, I think that that's also a reason to sell too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. going to be people out there who are like, "Ooh, I can buy into them now," because uh, you know the owner's going to be scared off. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. You know, I know the NFL doesn't suspend people. But this is me speaking as that fantasy fantasy owner. Anyway, and this is also you speaking from Roger Goodell's basement. Yes, this is. I'm at Roger Goodell's house for the podcast. You again. You're always plugged on in. Yeah. For those listening on the podcast, if you tune into the YouTube video, I'm green screened into Roger Goodell's basement. So. Don't say the green screen. People You're right. don't I'm, know. I'm in He's Roger there. Goodell's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the uh, 
the 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 eviction notice. <laughs> You're waiting for hey, what are you doing about my baby? Get out of my baby. I'm selling I'm selling Joe Mixon, Roger. That's what I'm doing in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So let's let's okay. help our listeners kind of walk through the process here. Okay. Uh, let's say you roster Joe Mixon and you're looking to sell. News comes out, it's not good. So all of a sudden everyone starts lowballing you. You say, All right, you know what? I'm gonna hold. Now, if they draft someone in round three at the running back position, are you getting more nervous here? What like I guess what I'm asking is at what point what amount of draft capital would they have to use to invest in a running back before you go before you you know you give that that gulp that ah crap I held on too long yeah I mean it probably it's hard to say with running back I mean Isaiah Pacheco just got drafted in the sixth round so I mean initially a seventh round pick actually maybe seventh I think it was seventh round pick they're at the end so I mean it's I think ultimately it comes down to the kind of profile that they draft at running back. I mm, would assume, I would assume they're drafting a pass catch at running back though. Uh, mm. just, I mean, if they're going to rely on an aging Smaj P Ryan, rely on Joe Mixon, who's kind of a mixture of both. His best comparable, by the way, is Ezekiel Elliott. So we know how that how that will go. <laughs> you are saying Joe Mixon will be around for another sixteen years, in which he kind of blocks out a number of good running back prospects. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but I think a good candidate here, just to kind of answer the question, might be Alvin Kamara. You might be able to add something very small to just get Alvin Kamara and get out. You know, they both have the legal concerns. Mm-hmm. They're both aging. Uh, obviously, Joe Mixon's on the better offense, but, you know, I think that I think that that's uh, fair enough and can maybe get you out of the boat if you're trying to. That I think that's a great, great thing to bring up. If you want to get out of the Joe Mixon business and you're not necessarily looking to cash in, you're looking to truly get out, that might be a great place to turn. An Alvin Kamara, someone who's you know going to be 27, 28, and then you're so the, the team builder who rosters that running back isn't looking like I don't know if I want to buy in a Joe Mixon right now. They're looking like eh, he's probably a little bit better. He's a little bit younger. Why don't we make this one for one swap? So yeah. I think that's a good point to bring up. That if you truly want to get out of the uh, Joe Mixon business. You can do so without necessarily getting a young running back that kind of gets people nervous or whatever, or kind of sends up those red flags. Like, what are you trying to pull here? So that's yeah. a good point. I'm selling Kenneth Gainwell because I think the community loves Kenneth Gainwell. I think a yeah. lot of fantasy managers love Kenneth Gainwell. And what we've seen so far in the playoffs, we've seen him have uh, 121 yards from scrimmage and then 74 yards from scrimmage against San Francisco. Both of those games came on only 12 and 14 carries, only 10 routes run in both contests, and snap shares under 40% and under. And I think that the goal for the Eagles will be to bring in a running back. I think that the down, the, the throttling down in terms of Miles Sanders' usage overall and the upping of Kenneth Gainwell's isn't an indicator that they are looking to give the keys to Gainwell in 2023. I think it's more of a sign that they are not sold on Miles Sanders. They probably won't pay Miles Sanders to stick around which means they could use maybe one of their two first-round picks to get a high-end Bijan Robinson or even a Jamar Gibbs at the end of the first round. Or maybe even if they want to wait, there is a 
there is a massive amount of talent coming in to this year's draft. I mean, running backs in 2023 is loaded. It's a loaded class of running backs. And I think why wouldn't the Eagles dip their toes in that pool and bring in a rookie running back? And I think that regardless of who they bring in, it's not going to propel Gainwell to be the uh, – He's not going to get the strong side of any platoon. Is it going to necessarily mean he's a goner in terms of this offense? No, but when you look at his season overall, other than a couple of spike weeks that were absolutely propped up by touchdowns, you could argue that he was kind of phased out in 2022. So I think that, you know, because he's kind of a fan favorite, because people believe in the talent, and I am one that does believe in his talent, I still think I'm looking to cash in. I'm looking to trade him for a, a little bit more known commodity, something I can kind of trust uh, just a tad bit more because I do think that overall next year, Gainwell is not really usable. He's certainly not reliable from week yeah. to week. And honestly, if you could sell him for 2023 round three, I would certainly think about it around two. I'm smashing the accept button here for me. But in terms of actual running back talent, someone I think is possible that you could acquire. If you could add a 2023 third and get Antonio Gibson, I'm doing it. If you could go ahead and get somebody like a James Cook, I'm doing it. If you could get even someone like Miles Sanders, you might have to add a little something, but... I'm doing it. I, th- I just I don't believe in Gainwell's usage. I believe in the doubt. Don't believe in the usage. So I am selling. So is there anything you want to add on Kenny Gainwell before we answer a couple of questions from the old chat? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you here in that I, I do think he's a sell um, and all that stuff. And I do want to, I guess, double down on the don't buy into his usage from the playoffs. I agree wholeheartedly they're going to bring in a running back. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're doing here is giving him a shot to earn a role next year, but not to earn a bell cow role. Like he's not going to be the featured back in any capacity. I think, I mean, this is a nice ceiling. I, and so I, I think his ceiling is probably a Tony Pollard light. I don't mm-hmm. think he quite necessarily gets up to even Tony Pollard, but you know, you can maybe even ar- make the argument that that is his ceiling. It's Tony Pollard. But I, like you said, it's a very stacked running back class. Eagles are probably bringing someone in. Miles Sanders is gone. Gainwell has done enough to prove that they don't need him. But he's not. He's not earning a starting role. No way. No right. way. We're looking at a 25 to 30, 35 snap share a week kind of running back, which is, I mean, decent attached to a good offense as a bench person, as a person on your bench. But mm-hmm. for what his price costs right now and the hype around him, yeah, it's a good sell. Okay, so I think we're we're locks up there. So that is our buy and sell. Uh, Jason here, he is selling Joe Mixon. I am selling Kenneth Gainwell. I am looking to buy buy wide receiver Tyler Boyd from the Cincinnati Bengals, and Jason's looking to buy Kadarius Tony from the Kansas City Chiefs. We got one question in the chat that we will answer before we bid you all farewell. McGungle says. Startup draft, 14 teams, Superflex start 10, tight end premium. How would you rank these assets? The 201, Evan Ingram, Kadarius Tony, and John Mechie. These are this is a close one. I like all of these. I think I think a tight end premium that helps Evan Ingram a lot. I'm in the camp that the Jaguars will probably bring him back. We just spent two times talking about Kadarius Tony. Obviously, mm-hmm. love him. And John Mechie was my buy candidate a few weeks ago. 
Yeah. You can never go wrong with a 201. So I think in terms of ranking, I might go Evan Ingram, 201 Kadarius, Tony Mechie. Maybe 201 Evan Ingram, Kadarius, Tony John Mechie as it's written out. But I think think 14 teams in tight end premium helps Ingram a lot. I think Evan Ingram here is the number one asset by by a long shot. I think he's number one with a bullet. Um, if this is 12 team, I would have the 201 as my secondary asset. I am going to give the nod to Kadarius Tony because I think the upside of a Tony in Kansas City is mm-hmm. probably better than whatever you're getting with the 15th overall selection in this draft. Yeah. yeah. I will then give the 201 and then John Mechie. John Mechie, I like him. I love his story. I am rooting for him wholeheartedly. But there is now going to be a new regime, so mm-hmm. they are going to look to install a new quarterback. They're going to look to get weapons for their new quarterback. How does John Mechie play into that? I hope he plays all up in that. I hope he gets an absolute chance to ball out because I like what he did at Bama. But uh, given these circumstances, given the information at hand, he is my fourth asset of the four. So that's going to wrap up episode 13 of Trade Gods. Jason, tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials, where they can find your content, and how they can get you out of Roger Goodell's basement. They can't get me out of Roger <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> this is this is my spot. It's a nice chair. This is a good lamp right behind me. And I, I love, love the books. I love the books <laughs> behind me. I've read many, a couple many of them leather bound books, and it smells <laughs> of rich mahogany. And I love answering the phone. He gets interesting phone calls too, just <laughs> ex players and stuff. So. <laughs> When Jason is in the press box of the Super Bowl, it's because he found tickets lying around in Roger Goodell's basement. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But um, you can find me here every Thursday night from 8 to pretty much 9 p.m. now. We, we've, oh, been, yeah. we've been killing it in terms of the length of these episodes. Oh, you rocking and rolling, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then the Trade Gods Twitter, at Trade Gods FF. We've got stuff going on there. My Twitter is at J underscore football wine. Mm-hmm. Little pun. And then most of my time is spent on our very own Instagram, the Roto Underworld Player Profiler Instagram at Roto Underworld and Discord. Discord too. Oh, Discord. <laughs> the Discord at playerprofiler.com slash chat. Get in now because yep. we're talking fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Even in the offseason, 24-7. Follow me on Twitter at Matty Keywoom. Like I said, make sure you're following all of the TikTok accounts because we have content coming out constantly. Matt Kelly and Cody Carpentier are currently down in Mobile, Alabama, scouting the players at the Senior Bowl. So you're definitely going to want to tap in to all of our social platforms to stay updated with all of their reports. Make sure you check out all of our articles that come out at Player profile.com the newest installment of the fantasy supermarket is out now so get your eyes on that to learn about a couple more players worth buying into in dynasty make sure you come back each and every thursday for trade gods we are live on the youtube channel for player profiler make sure you subscribe to player profiles youtube channel so you get this show and all of the others that are on this awesome network i am maddie kiwum he's jason all one we are the trade gods. Come on back next week. Peace.